Welcome to the Innovation Tech Talks podcast. I'm your host, Corey Knowles. I'm Managing Editor of Innovation and Tech Today magazine. And man, do we have a cool guest for you today. Uh, he's a comedian. He's the host of Nat Geo's new Brain Games on the Road. He is the co-host of Star Talk and has been for a very long time. Uh, Chuck Nice. How you doing, Chuck? Hey, Corey. How are you, man? Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you on. You, uh, you and Neil are kind of the background sound check soundtrack to my work day about half the oh, week. <laughs> that's pretty cool. I'll take that. You know, uh, it's all. Uh, listen, working with Neil is uh, just a blast. It's um, it's kind of the same concept behind our Brain Game show. Its newest iteration. I know we'll get to that, but I'm just saying. Yeah. What I love about working with Neil is that one, he's so much fun to work with. Um, two, I'm actually learning things and three, the number one feedback or comment that I get from people is gratitude. Hey man, thanks so much for making science fun. Hey man, thanks so much. I can't believe how much I learned today and I laughed the whole time. Hey man, you guys are amazing together and I never thought I liked science. So these are the things that people are saying, and I think they're gonna say the same thing about uh, the new Brain Games franchise, which is really um, somewhat presumptuous of me <laughs> to say the new Brain Games franchise as if this is just gonna continue on and on <laughs> forever with Chuck Nice as the host of Brain Games on the Road, but go ahead. <laughs> oh man, well, you know, uh, I've been watching the first few episodes. I really enjoy it. Excellent. You're a man of a variety of talents and projects. I mean, comedian, actor, podcast host, brain games host. Seems like you got a lot to juggle these days. Is that difficult? I, it is, but um, two things help. Uh, one, I meditate. And two, I end every day with a big tumbler of scotch. <laughs> <laughs> Scotch solves everything, right? <laughs> right. And by the way, I also start every day with a big tumbler of scotch. <laughs> no, um, there, there's a lot going on right now with me. Um, and I feel like this, the way entertainment works, <clears throat> everything I do comes out of comedy. Um, even though, uh, unlike a lot of comedians, I'm a big... I'm in love with science. I shouldn't say unlike a lot of comedians, a lot of comedians are in love with science. A lot of comedians are very smart people um, and knowledgeable. It's just that it's very difficult to take that and bring it to the stage, you know? I, I tell Joe doesn't get a dark matter joke, maybe. <laughs> it, that, without a doubt, you know, it's without a doubt. I did a Latin joke some time ago and, you know, somebody, uh, I was on an interview on Yahoo uh, Finance, uh -huh. which we should tell you about my comedy. <laughs> I'm on Yahoo Finance talking about my comedy. So that's to let you know. And uh, the guy said something about a joke that I do. And, and, and at the end, it's, you know, I'm, I'm explaining the Latin of the joke. And I'm like, he was like, it's brilliant. And I went, you just you just told me why I'm not more famous as a comedian. The only guy who's doing jokes <laughs> in Latin. Ugh. 
god. Well, you know, I, you seem to be a real natural for the Brain Games audience. Watching those first few episodes, I'm seeing you look comfortable. You look at home. How did how did you land in Brain Games? Interesting. Um, you know, I think it has to do with the fact that um, increasingly I have been moving into the science space uh-huh. and, you know, as a fan, but also as a science communicator, I never really tell my, tell, call myself a science communicator uh, because I think it's a disservice to people who are science communicators <laughs> for me to include myself in that brood. However, um, it's just something that has kind of naturally happened to me. So um, Terry Danhauser of Nat Geo, who is familiar with you know me and my comedy uh, through Star Talk on Nat Geo, may have had something to do with it. Um, no one's ever told me the actual story, but all I know is that he and Joe and Casey at Magical Elves, you know, said, all right, let's just look at this guy. And then it was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. And uh, when I did it, um, when I did the audition, and I very rarely, very rarely do this. After the audition, I say to myself, man, I hope that I hope I get that. Of course, you hope you get every job for which for which you audition. But what you don't want to do is be hopeful about getting the job because you're 90 percent of the time you're going to be disappointed yeah yeah so the answer is always no (laughs) and then every once in a while somebody goes well wait a minute maybe and so that's how you get jobs in entertainment but after i did the audition i was like god i hope i get this job man this is just so much so much fun and it's everything that i love it's you know it's science it's games, it's talking to people, it's joking around and, and you learn something. You can't, you can't get better than that. You know? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I know when I watch, I've watched brain games for years and I know when I watch every episode, there's a moment where my mind is just blown. Yeah. Does, Does that still happen to you as a host? Um, yeah, but it happens before the show because, um, they give me a, a packet, you know, so I get the brain science um, that's attached to the game. I get the game, what game we're going to play. So I know the science behind the game before we do it. But even reading it, uh, I, I, I tend to say, oh, my goodness, that's pretty amazing. You know, yeah. um, like there's something called the rhyme is reason effect. And which is where if you hear something that rhymes, you're more you're more prone to think that that's true. Interesting. So if you hear two statements and one of them, one of them rhymes, you're more prone to think that the rhyming station uh, statement is true, which is why Jesse Jackson had just so much success um, and why rap, why rap music is so effective. No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm joking about that, but I, I, I get you though. I, I mean, yeah. So I, but, but when I, I fell for it when I was playing the game, as I'm reading it, I was like, Oh no, that's true. And then I was like, I fell for the rhyme is reason effect. 
you know. And now and you so, notice it every time you see a rhyme, I imagine. Anytime I see a rhyme, the first thing I think is like, is that really true? <laughs> like, you tr trying to trick me? Jay-Z, you liar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, but Chuck, how did, how did your interest in science come to be? Interesting, yeah, that you asked because um, people think that I, you know, I started working with Neil and then I started, you know, yeah. getting liking science. It's just the opposite. I have liked science and loved science since I was, you know, in elementary school. And um, I've been kind of closeted about it. Um, yeah. Listen, let's be honest. Uh, you know, the kid that goes to school and knows all about pop culture and, you know, maybe curses so yeah. that he seems a little bit more like an adult and, you know, wears all this, the great fashion. Like, that's, yeah. the, that's the cool kid. The kid coming to school talking about dark matter, <laughs> the expansion of the universe, gravity waves. You know the collision yeah. of two, the collision of two black holes. Oh, let's it's invite that guy. Yeah. Right, no, let's <laughs> let's invite him to every party. Hey, man, get over here! You hear this guy talking about gravity waves from the collision of two black holes? Come get, you got to hear this. Get over here! <laughs> no, no, that's not that's not happening. That's and not so, how school works, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Today's episode of Innovation Tech Talks is brought to you by Omron. Omron is a world leader in technology designed to solve social issues, improve lives, and build a better tomorrow. They serve a range of industries which utilize their technologies to innovate and grow factory automation, healthcare, mobility, and energy management. In the industrial automation business, Omron technology demonstrates the power of machines to unleash human potential, pursuing the ideal in automation in which people and machines are working together in harmony. Omron provides sensing, control, safety, vision, motion, and robotics technologies for the automotive, food and beverage packaging, semiconductor, electronics, life sciences, and infrastructure industries. For over 80 years, Omron has helped industrial businesses maximize potential by solving problems with creativity. Learn more, go to automation.omron.com. So what ends up happening is you you keep all that stuff inside and on the outside you present all that other stuff yeah okay and that's kind of what my whole life was until i had to come out of the closet because i'm working with this astrophysicist and i'm talking to all the top scientists in the world and quite frankly whenever you do that so people think that i'm just there and a lot of people say oh man you're so smart like I hear you talking to these these scientists, the chief scientists of NASA, and you know the uh, you know one of the uh, authors of the you know intergovernmental panel on climate change, and and they're like you know like damn, and I'm cheating. I know who's gonna I'm I'm cheating. I know who's gonna be on the show. I go read their stuff before I before I sit down with Neil because all I want to do is be a part of the conversation and be able to ask questions of stuff that I want to know, just like the people who are listening. And I can't do that if I don't know what I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's same with these. I, I do a lot of research because yeah. I don't want to look like an idiot. <laughs> there you go. Now, I can't stop that from happening. Not you, but for me, <laughs> I can't stop that. Often I look like an idiot, but that's another thing too. Um, 
a lot of people are intimidated by science because they don't want to feel stupid. And what they don't understand about science is that a lot of science throughout history has been wrong. Mm -hmm. But that is how we advance science and scientific knowledge, not by from what we get right, but from what we get wrong. Sometimes unintended consequences, laser surgery, for instance, here's a little something that just popped into my head for no good reason at all. But uh, at the time they called it radial keratotomy because you made slits in a circle around your eyes. That's why it was called radial keratotomy. Uh -huh. But the, the, the reason it happened was a doctor cut his cornea. It healed because your cornea has a natural vacuum. Okay, not your cornea. Yes, your cornea and your eye. Natural vacuum that sucks it in. That's how your eyes, you know. Anyway, he cut it and he realized that his vision was better. So he said, oh, something's wrong here or something's right here. And as a result, the unintended consequence of that discovery led to, boom, laser surgery, we call it today, yeah. you know. Um, infrared, I forget the scientist's name, but he's measuring the temperature of visible light. And then all of a sudden it's still warm in another area where there is no light. Whoa, something must be there. Boom. Yep. So it's what it's what wasn't supposed to happen. So no one should ever feel stupid when they're learning about science because scientists are stupid. That's a joke, <laughs> but it's but it's true. <laughs> You know, we were once, as a society, sure that the sun revolved around the earth. There you go. You know, so, yeah, you know, so, uh, yeah, we are not the center of the universe or even the center of our solar system. It's heliocentric. And guess what? That's, you know, I'm Afrocentric and, and the solar system is not. <laughs> <laughs> we're just peons floating around in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you know what? So that's another thing now that you, now you think about science. So, you know. For instance, when you say we're peons floating around the universe, and we are, you know, here we are on this one little arm of this Milky Way galaxy, which is spinning and traveling at the same time. And we're on the outskirts, the suburbs. And when you look at who we are and where we are in that whole, just that galaxy, just that galaxy, we are, I mean, seriously? Can we really take ourselves seriously? Are we really that important? Are we really fighting over something that means something and all the crap that we're fighting over? I mean, let's be honest. It's it's a different perspective that you get when you look at that. And to tie that to brain games, the true last frontier is the mind. Because the brain, if we understand that, maybe we can understand why we are so stupid, why we are fighting over every every little inch of the stupid rock that we're on, why we don't understand each other, why we perceive things the way we perceive them, which causes divisions and, and, and silos that we live in and bubbles that we, you know, try to exist in. And, you know, so I'm rambling on because, you know, I get, I, you know, this is what science does to me. It is just yeah. more than facts and data. It is a, pers it is a, a, a perspective. It is. It's a perspective. It is. And uh, I always think of, like you were talking about a second ago, with the, the grandness of the universe and everything. I, I think for me, the biggest moment where where that 
vision came to mind was Carl Sagan's Pale Blue Dot. Oh yeah, 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 that, yeah. You know, it just really pointed out that that, that little yeah, that's us. dust. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> See that? See that thing that the universe brushes off his shoulder <laughs> like a piece of dandruff that you poink. That's who we are. So you know, right. just take it easy, buddy. You're not you're not so great. <laughs> you know, something else I really wanted to mention. I enjoyed your TED talk on the unintended consequences of tech. And a lot of times passed since then. It's been what, five, six years? I think so. Uh, yeah, because we we lost two years to the pandemic. So and that was two years before that. So yeah, four years ago, yeah. I think. Yeah. Any, any new thoughts on that subject as things have gotten on? a hell of a lot worse? <laughs> That's my thought. Who would have thought it could have got worse? The reason why I picked that subject is because I thought it was funny at the time. And honestly, when I was talking about the unintended consequences of tech and human human interaction, which believe it or not was my title, where like you know you could have you could have called it the internet is stupid, like that would have been a better title, okay? Um, <laughs> oh. But but um, I actually thought that one people would see how we're being manipulated by social media. And two, that social media companies would have to adapt in order to continue to grow their audience. And it's just the opposite. It is. People don't see how they're being manipulated. Um, they're not thinking critically about the internet or social media. Um, it is purposely addictive. Mm -hmm. and, um, and we're falling for it hook, line, and sinker. So here I am making fun of the subject. And uh, all I can say is, Everything I said back then is still true today and worse. And if you want to know what I said, people, go go watch my TED talk. Uh, it's it's on YouTube. Yeah, it is it's quick watch and it's 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 interesting. And I like that you you gave it your comedic touch. But oh, there's thanks. there's a lot to be said from that in today's world. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm hoping. Listen, these are very complex um, matters that take a lot of nuance mm -hmm. because especially in America, we are not China where we just say, all right, kids, go do your homework because we're shutting down the internet between two and six and you get an hour after dinner and that's it. And daddy, she says you go to bed right up, you know. So when you live in an authoritarian dictatorial society, um, it's much easier to say, we're not gonna have this. But yeah. when you live in a free society, <laughs> for however long that'll last, uh, <laughs> when you live in a free society uh, that is democratic and that is based on free speech and the marketplace of ideas and the free exchange of information, you can't tell somebody, you know, hey man, you can't do that. Yeah, you can't shut that down. You got to shut that down. You can't do it because, uh, you, you know, you don't want to be in violation of your own principles, which for yeah. us, that's the Constitution. So what has to happen is as a society, we have to come together and we have to coalesce around what will save our society. And as you can see, we do a great job of that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's where we're Vikings. Guys, let's all come together. <laughs>
<laughs> we could stand to a little, couldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, you and Neil have such a fun dynamic together, and I've always felt like your your kind of opposite senses of humor play a role in that. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, like like Neil's is more of a. Uh, I, I always think of it as a as a kind of a dry, very yeah. sciencey humor uh, that is fun, and uh, you two together though create this thing. Yeah, because you know Neil is funny, <clears throat> and yeah. he's a funny guy, um, and he gets he gets the joke. You know, when I make a joke, so when we first started, people were people were a little upset. They were like, why is Neil sitting with this dude and this guy is interrupting the science, you know? And Neil would say, just relax. We're gonna get to the science. Let us just have some fun while we do it. And once again, that's what I love about Brain Games is the fact that we're gonna get to the science and you're not even gonna know that we got to the science because by the time we get to the science, you will have experienced the science yeah. You will have seen it. It will become experiential. And then when you learn about what you just experienced, it now resonates in a way that it would not have. And the same thing happens on Star Talk. No. You know, it's, and that's what I hate to, I, I don't want to sound self important. Sure. And I don't want to, you know, make people think that, you know, I'm bigger than I am. But I really feel like when you watch this show, it's doing a service. You know, watch it with your kids. They may say, oh man, I never knew that. And then they may be sparked. Their curiosity might be sparked and they might want to learn more. Or they might say, Chuck is so annoying. We can't watch this ever again, but then make them watch it anyway, because they're going to learn something. Damn it. No, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's, that's the whole idea, man. Um, I don't know if you ever saw the fat albert show of course it's not on anymore because well you know there was some unpleasantness with the guy who created the show but <laughs> yeah but anyway um the cool thing about that show is at the end he would say hey it's the fat albert show coming at you with music and fun and if you're not careful you might learn something before it's done hey 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 right that was the whole and it's yeah. the same thing. Star Talk, Brain Games on the Road, same thing. You know, if you're not careful, you might learn something before it's over. Well, you know, the nice thing about Brain Games, too, is that, like, uh, you know, I have four kids. They're all 16 and up. They're not into documentaries and stuff right. like that. But they love Brain Games. And yeah. Isn't it funny? Like, so, uh, you know, People say, oh my God, you're the new host of Brain Games. I love that show. I haven't heard anybody say, so you're the new host of Brain Games. What a piece of crap that is. <laughs> no, I've never I, heard I, anyone say a bad yeah, word about it. I, I can't believe that, man. Why would you do that? Why would you, why'd you take that job? No, people love this, this franchise. They love it. And I'm really just happy to be the guy, you know, who's running point right now for it. Totally, man. Totally. And that's, that's great. I guess one last question I wanted to ask, do you have uh, any advice for young people considering STEM careers today? As a uh, dad with two students in two separate STEM academies Ooh. who are both on AP tracks and 
who are both honor students. Uh, they are also both adopted, so they did not get any of my stupid genes. I'm joking. I am joking. I'm joking. They are my biological children, just in case they hear this interview. Kids, you're not adopted. You're not. Um, uh, let me just say that STEM is where the future is, okay? We live in a society now, and we're soon to live in a global society where, uh, I hate to say this, the lion's share of physical labor is going to be done by machines. Yeah. If we don't all destroy ourselves first, the lion's share of physical labor will be done by machines. Two things are going to have to happen. One, there'll be a little bit of universal income. Okay. The other thing that's going to happen is we're going to have to transition into a state where critical thinking and scientific discovery, the scientific method, and evidentiary uh, uh, process is what drives our economy and our society, and that's science. And our politics, the whole thing. And our politics and our policy, it's <laughs> science, okay? And so if any kid who is thinking about STEM, I say find something in it that really sparks your curiosity. So for my son, it's chemistry. This kid has already memorized the periodic table. Wow. I, I see him working on like, you know, molecular bonds and I'm like, wow, okay. He also loves biology. So these are two things that have sparked his curiosity. But he started off in astrophysics, but he found chemistry. So I'm like, be an astrochemist, bro. Not a big yeah. deal. Yeah. This coming from your father, who's a comedian. <laughs> so my, 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 my message and my advice is find something in science that sparks your curiosity. And if it continues to excite you, go after that. You'll never be sorry because that the way that it teaches you to think and what you learn in that subject <clears throat> discipline you'll be able to apply in many, many other areas of work and life. So you may start off in the sciences, but because you know how to think, you may end up in government informing policy because the policy needs to be informed by the science. Yeah. So there's no way that science cannot serve you. No mm -hmm. way at all. That's, that's, that's my advice. Well said. Well, Chuck, I thank you so much for coming on today. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. Uh, no, thanks for having me. Thanks for uh, making this fun and giving me an opportunity to just drone on. That's all people, right. People, I'm sure right now are just like, thank God this guy is shutting up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I don't think so. I think it's enjoyable. It's a, well, it's a good topic and it's a lot of fun. Well, Guys, thanks. you can follow Chuck on Twitter at ChuckNiceComic and online at ChuckNiceComic.com. Brain Games on the Road premieres February 25th at 8, 7 central on Nat Geo with four episodes a night over five consecutive Fridays. And it's going to be great. So check it out. And if you missed that Friday, please stream it on Disney Plus and you yes. know, you know, watch it everywhere. Keep me working, people. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Chuck's got kids to feed. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> 